0: radio show with Dr. Joseph Nemeth. Dr. Nemeth is a board certified periodontist with over 25 years experience in state-of-the-art oral health. He's here tonight to talk about not only where we stand with COVID-19 and access to dental care, but he'll also be explaining the serious connection between gum disease and most of the major diseases of our time. Dr. Nemeth will talk to us directly about where his research has led him with respect to avoiding these silent killers. He's joining us tonight in this rare opportunity to call in and speak with the doctor directly. You won't want to miss what Dr. Nemeth has to say. And if you have a question for the doctor, we're inviting you to call 800-859-0957. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome to this special edition of the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight talking with Dr. Joseph Nemeth, board-certified periodontist in Southfield, Michigan. Dr. Nemeth is with us discussing his state-of-the-art clinic and the latest treatments in periodontic care. He's also going to be talking about the relationship between gum disease and many systemic diseases, from cardiac disease to the prevention of Alzheimer's. If you have a question for the doctor on the topic we're discussing tonight, please call us at 800-859-0957. Dr. Nemeth, welcome back again. Your shows are always very informative, and people need to know what you have to say about the role that gum disease plays in all of the catastrophic diseases of our time. So I'm going to give you the floor and tell listeners what they need to know.
1: Well, as I was just saying, just people need to know, about how bad gum disease really is for them besides just their gums and just besides their mouth it, it, you know as i was saying and I, I i don't know how many people are you know heard the first part of this but um gum gum disease affects virtually every part of the human body because when you have gum disease you have an infection you have an infection in your mouth and the infection isn't just in your mouth you know the the hip bones connected to the leg bone and and the mouth is connected to the whole body because the mouth has a blood supply and that blood supply goes throughout the body it carries the bacteria the pathogens the the parasites that are in your gums if you have gum disease it carries them throughout the whole body It carries them to the lungs it carries them to the brain it carries them to the heart it carries them to every part of the body and if you have gum disease, uh, depending on severity, but it, as I said, it can it can reduce your lifespan by four years, five years, six years, up to seven. It can take up to seven years off your normal life expectancy. And not only can it cause you to you know die earlier, but causing these chronic diseases and other diseases to. Uh, occur more frequently can make the last years of your life much more unpleasant and much more unhealthy than they would be otherwise. So gum disease needs to be recognized. It needs to have the recognition that high blood pressure has because it's also very
0: deadly. No doubt about it, but my question to you is to the listeners and to the average person out there, what is the subjective experience of someone that has gum disease and doesn't know it are they in pain do they have bleeding gums what are the signs <laughs> well
1: isn't that a uh, uh, what's that called an, um, an oxymoron
0: probably how does
1: someone who doesn't have any signs know they have gum disease well they don't know that they have a gum disease that's how they know they have gum they don't most people d- d- let me take an example today this was a totally <laughs> great example a man comes in, very intelligent guy. I think he's a software engineer, and he came in and said, "Well, you know, it's really my wife who has the problem, and she's coming in at the end of the month." He said, "Well, I have one tooth; it's a little bit loose. You know, when I, you know, it, it, I, it seems like it's a little bit loose, and I thought maybe I would get that checked." Now, you look at his mouth; his mouth looked great. The gums looked great; no problem looking. Uh, So I said, you know, does that tooth ever bother you at all? He says, well, sometimes if I bite something really hard, you know, I can feel it there. So um, I examined him, and he had bone loss throughout his mouth. The tooth that he was talking about, which looked perfectly fine but felt a little uncomfortable, that tooth was already hopeless. That tooth could not be saved. That tooth has to be removed. He has parasites throughout his mouth. We took a sample from under the gum. We looked at it under the microscope. We showed it to him on the television screen. It, it, you know, he had no idea about the devastation in his. He's talking about his wife. He's got. If he his problem was. Incredible, He's he had, that tooth has to come out. He's on the verge of losing a number of other teeth, but we're going to try to save the rest of the teeth by eliminating that infection using the laser to kill those parasites and bacteria and then teaching him how to take care of his mouth. So this man had no idea of what was going on. He just had a little bit of looseness and one tooth and just wanted me to check that out and make sure there was nothing serious.
0: So, I would, I would have to imagine that most of the patients that come in to see you and you, t- you take a swab sample of what's inside their mouth and then show them on a television screen. I mean, I'm still shocked by this because I'm imagining they're all showing some pathogen.
1: They're not all because not all of them have disease. Some of them think they do, but when we check them, they're actually okay. It's a minority of the people that come to see me because most of the people that come to see me either know they have gum disease because they were told by their dentist or they have bleeding gums or they just want to get it checked. But there are some people that come in, we take a slide, and, hey, nothing's going on. You you really don't need anything. Your mouth is in great shape. Not the majority. But there certainly are some people that really don't have a significant problem. And then when I do find, then when a patient says, well, doesn't everybody have that in their mouth? When they do have bacteria and parasites, I said, well, I don't. And if you're really healthy, you don't. You don't have those bacteria. You don't have those parasites. So... It's not necessarily the case that all my patients that all the patients that come in to see me are infected. most of them are
0: but the, yeah, but the, we're talking about very serious diseases. we've got a list here in front of us cancer, alzheimer's, arthritis, uh, colon cancer osteoporosis I think, uh, I, think it would,
1: I think it would be better if you could find a list of diseases that were not affected
0: exactly I, I mean I, thinking... I cannot
1: think, I, truly I don't know if I can think of any. Sister, to any disease that really isn't made worse and you're more susceptible to if you have gum disease. We'll need anything. to come
0: back and talk about this on the other side of the break. Very interesting. In the meantime, you are listening to the Dr. Nemeth radio show. We're talking about how the treatment of gum disease can prevent some of the major diseases of our time. If you have a question, you can reach Dr. Nemeth by calling 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. So don't miss this opportunity to call the doctor directly. You're listening to the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Dr. Joseph Nemeth Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're here tonight talking with Dr. Nemeth, board-certified periodontist in Southfield, Michigan. Dr. Nemeth is with us discussing his state-of-the-art clinic and the latest treatments in periodontic care and the relationship between gum disease and many systemic diseases from cardiac disease to the prevention of Alzheimer's. If you have a question for the doctor on the topic we're discussing tonight, Please call us at 800-859-0957. Dr. Nemeth, over the break, we were talking about what's the reliability. I know a lot of people would be asking the question of, is all cardiac disease and heart attacks, does it all start in the gum? And I know you can't quantify it, but... but
1: we don't know that. We just know that there's a, that gum disease is a major, major risk factor in heart disease. We're finding bacteria from the mouth, bacteria from gum disease in plaques that form in the blood vessels that go to uh, into the heart and that contribute to heart attacks and heart disease. So it's a major factor. I, I don't remember what the statistic is, but if you have gum disease, it, you're 50% or 80% more likely to have a heart attack or have heart disease or cardiovascular disease or a stroke than if you don't have gum disease. There's a very, very strong correlation. But one person called in and said, well, should, should she, ha- she doesn't think she has gum disease, but should she have an annual checkup by a periodontist? And I said, well, yeah, absolutely, either by a periodontist or a good general dentist. They, sh- they should check for that. Um, well, what happens? When you go to a physician for a checkup, they always take your blood pressure. I mean, every time I go, they check my blood pressure. Right. You go for a physical, they check your blood pressure. You go in for almost any reason, even has nothing to do with your blood pressure, they'll often check your blood pressure. So you they're very aware of the blood pressure, and you become very aware of the blood pressure. That is not the case with periodontal disease. Periodontal disease is extremely damaging and destructive. The problem is it isn't monitored, it isn't checked for, as blood pressure is. For whatever reason, because perhaps it's in the mouth and physicians, that's not their specialty.
0: Well, I know we've had many shows where we've had medical doctors on and they've all brought this subject up in the past and they uh, in passing about the fact that it's so important to have an examination of the oral cavity and to find out what bacteria, what microbes are in the oral cavity, because once they get in, this is what I'm hearing from other medical doctors and specialists, when they get into the bloodstream and they they start to cause Alzheimer's, there's no turning back. There's no prescription. There's no cure. There's no once you get it, you've got it. You live with it until you die, but there is no cure. And so, you know, I understand that heart attack is a major issue here, but some some people survive heart attack, but you can't survive or turn the clock back on Alzheimer's.
1: Unfortunately, uh, that's the case. There has been a medication, I think, that was recently approved for the treatment of Alzheimer's, but its, it's fec- effectiveness is extremely questionable, and, and whether it works and how effective it is, we, we really don't know. But the, the, the problem really is that the theory is that Alzheimer's is, in, is initiated early on, and because it's slow, so slowly progressive, it can take 20 or 30 years from the time it gets initiated until uh, the symptoms uh, manifest themselves. So it may start in your 20s or 30s, and not manifest itself until your 60s or 70s, but it starts early. And the theory is that one of the factors, and maybe the factor, that actually initiates Alzheimer's and dementia in many cases are bacteria, uh, Porphyromonas gingivalis, or PG. They get into the brain from the infected gum tissue into the bloodstream, into the brain, where they then cause a certain kind of reaction that causes amyloid to be laid down slowly, gradually, entanglements in the brain leading to Alzheimer's. But once it starts, it tends to progress. Sometimes it progresses more or less rapidly, but I'm sure that even though it progresses, if you can get your gum disease under control, it may progress less rapidly than if you don't have your gum disease under control. But the sooner you catch gum disease... the the more optimistic one can be about minimizing all kinds of diseases, including Alzheimer's or dementia.
0: I think that people have to take it upon themselves to get in to have this screening done and to have this uh, testing done to find out whether they've got the bacteria because they're not going to find out on their own, and they're not necessarily going to be referred for this type of screening by their dentist. And I would think that a lot of listeners are sitting at home thinking that, well... I brush my teeth every day and I, I use a very strong mouthwash, and probably that alcohol based mouthwash is uh, killing whatever's in my mouth. But explain to the listeners that it does not kill the bacteria that are in your mouth.
1: Well, it doesn't kill. It, it may kill the bacteria in your mouth that it can reach, but what happens to the bacteria that it can't reach? That's where the damage occurs. That's where the, destruct, the destruction occurs underneath the gum. Fairly deep under the gum. These bacteria, these parasites, these amoeba, these trichomonads, spirochetes, PGs, they're under the gum where mouthwash typically can't reach and they continue working their damage and being extremely destructive down under there so we take a swab we take a, a a a a very fine instrument go down under the gum it's not painful we take a sample of what's under there and we put that under the microscope and we take a look at it and very often you know sometimes there's nothing there the gums may be healthy that happens occasionally but very frequently when we look at the the microscope side we look at it on the television set in front of the patient and the patient sees what i see Um, You know there are lots of there's lots of activity and lots of breeding and infection of these organisms going on.
0: So it must be pretty shocking, I would imagine, to patients to sit and look at a big screen in front of them and see these live microorganisms swarming around in their mouth. They must be completely shocked at seeing this.
1: Most of the time, they're pretty they're pretty uh, impressed, yeah, impressed, but and shocked because. They see that and they say, "Oh my God, that's going in, in, that's going on in my mouth. I want to get rid of that. I need to get because they don't realize they have it. It doesn't cause pain, right? The the problem is it doesn't cause pain. If it caused pain, people would pay attention to it. They'd get it attended to. But as I said, it's a silent killer, extremely destructive. It does its damage in a very silent, clever kind of way for a disease.
0: Now, walk us through what happens after the patient sits in front of the big screen and sees all these microbes floating around. How difficult is the treatment? How long does the treatment take? What happens? What's the next well, step? Well, in most
1: of the cases, I can't say in every case, but most of the cases, we treat this with a laser. Um, and the laser destroys these organisms. It kills these parasites. It kills these bacteria. It tends to close the gum pocket where these bacteria lodge, hide, and multiply. Uh, It's not painful, Uh, usually there's no pain involved, we give the patients something to relax them, IV sedation so they're comfortable, and they're there for usually about two to three hours while we use the laser to kill the bacteria and then thoroughly clean out the material from these pockets, then allow it to heal, and then we teach the patients how they need to take care of their mouth to prevent recurrence, because if they don't take care of the mouth the way we teach them, the gum disease will come back as it it initiated uh, uh, in the first place.
0: So the patient comes in, has this laser treatment, you kill all the bacteria. When they leave your office, what's their next step? What are they responsible for doing in order to keep it from starting up again?
1: We 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 use the We use the laser to kill the bacteria to close the pocket, and we allow that to heal for two weeks without the patient brushing. that sounds horrible, but we give them something to rinse with that will kill any bacteria so for t- a two week period, we don't want the tissue disturbed because we want that tissue to heal and for that pocket to close without being disturbed. Two weeks later, the patient comes back in we then teach them. What they need to do as far as their home care is concerned, and that may vary from patient to patient depending on the condition that they have. But typically we teach them certain cleaning techniques, using certain materials to clean between the teeth, using water irrigation devices, toothbrush. uh, And so we teach them their home care, and I tell the patient, okay, you're cured, basically. The, the The infection's gone, but now it's up to you to stay healthy.
0: All right. Well, in the meantime, we're going to have to take a brief break. In the meantime, you are listening to the Dr. Joseph Nemeth radio show. We're talking about how the treatment of gum disease can prevent some of the major diseases of our time. If you have a question, you can reach Dr. Nemeth by calling 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Don't miss this opportunity to talk to the doctor directly. You're listening to the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to this special edition of the Dr. Nemeth Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight talking with Dr. Nemeth, board certified periodontist in Southfield, Michigan. Dr. Nemeth is with us discussing his state-of-the-art clinic, the latest treatments in periodontic care, and the relationship between gum disease and many systemic diseases, from cardiac disease to the prevention of Alzheimer's. If you have a question for the doctor on the topic we're discussing tonight, please call us at 800-859-0957. Dr. Nemeth, aside from the fact that you're very cutting edge, very ahead of your game, you're the first person to have a lot of the... Very sophisticated testing. Not everyone has it. And, um, you know, I would just like to you to explain to the listeners out there, you've got over 100,000 or 150,000 people, subscribers to your YouTube channel, and it's very prolific with, with visuals of films. And I think we should encourage people to take a look.
1: Well, I couldn't agree more. In fact, I was just asking Skylar, who helps uh, with my videos and has been uh, – a key factor in 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 my YouTube uh, subscri- subscribers, I said, "Well, how many YouTube subscribers do we have now?" He said, "Well, we today we just hit 150,000 YouTube subscribers. That's and amazing. We have how many videos do we have?" Skylar's well,
0: with we, us tonight here.
1: We have okay, so Sky, Skylar's here. We have about three to four hundred, three hundred and fifty or so videos, primarily talking about different aspects of the mouth, gum disease, periodontal disease, and a number of other things we have some that are actually kind of funny too where we did a hot chip challenge which was, <laughs> was which was right that's where uh, my partner Dr. Katranji who does dental implants and is I think the best in the state and in this whole part of the country he and I did this hot dip challenge hot chip challenge with a couple of the other staff members and we we had these we incredibly hot you know the <laughs> Taco chips or whatever they are, oh and you know, just who who could withstand that and who couldn't, and I I flunked miserably. Okay. But, <laughs> but Dr. Catrini was great; he was able to have it and and you know threw up afterward. I think, oh, but dear. he looked great during the during the video. But anyway, there's lots of videos, and we have lots of patients who come to me. Because they've seen me on video, and they said, well, you know, I saw this, and I saw how you do the laser treatment. I saw how you build up the gum tissue. I saw how you do the cosmetic gum. And so we have a large number of patients who find me because they look up, you know, gum disease on YouTube, and they find some of my videos. So if people are interested, it's com, I believe. Uh, if you go onto YouTube and you search Dr. Joseph Nemeth, he'll be right up there yeah, on the YouTube, top. Yeah, YouTube, Dr. Joseph Nemeth. I think that's my name, last I was right. told. So... <laughs> Check it out, and there's a whole plethora of, uh, of, of videos, and some of which I'm sure almost anybody could find interesting and valuable. I'm,
2: I'm going to jump in. We have a we have a, a question from the station. Um, when are you going to be on TikTok? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs>
1: oh, we, my. we have been doing some TikTok videos. Yeah, we've been Shorten doing version. some TikTok videos, <laughs> and Skyler, who you know helps me with those, uh, has much more information on the TikTok videos. But we did one recently. What was it? It, it was uh, talking about the effects of pineapple juice on swelling. So yeah, yeah. So so someone else had done uh, something. Some, some lady had, had taken pineapple juice after some uh, oral surgery or something like that, and she said she thought it helped. And, of course, we give something called bromelain, which is a derivative of pineapple juice. We give that to patients to take to minimize any any swelling or bruising. Uh, Although with the laser procedure, there's usually no swelling or bruising anyway, but sometimes there's more extensive procedures that are done, and we give the patients uh, bromelain, which is uh, something to minimize swelling. It's an enzyme from the pineapple to minimize swelling and bruising, and uh, that's on TikTok. Yeah, if if you're having wisdom tooth surgery, drink some pineapple juice beforehand, (laughs) and you'll be better off. Yeah.
2: That's a good tip. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I know. my exactly. was removed as
0: an adult. Yeah, and I, I remember the yeah. swelling was horrible. So yeah.
2: and, and it helps. It helps.
0: And did the oral surgeon say anything to you about uh, pineapple juice when you got your wisdom teeth taken out? I don't think no. so. No.
2: I should have asked Dr. Nima.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting. There's lots of little tips that, you know, aren't commonly known that that can be helpful in all kinds of situations regarding the mouth.
2: You're obviously passionate about not to interrupt you about educating people, because otherwise, why, you know, why would you go on YouTube and spend all this time? I mean, that's, that's a great thing that you're doing, because it reaches a lot more people. And that's, that's how so many people find their information. Now, you know, they're struggling, and they go to Google, that's their first resource, you know, looking for help, you know,
1: and I would say probably a, a, a large proportion of my patients. I ask them, well, how did they find me? Of course, a lot of them are referred by their general dentist because the general dentist sees a situation that he can't really cope with, and he needs knows the patient needs something done. And, but also, a large percentage of the patients that we see come from Google. They see, you know, they I have I don't know, like a, what do I have a thousand reviews, Beth, on Google? I probably. Amazing. I think I have a thousand like reviews and almost all of them are five star, (laughs) probably not my ex-wife, but the other ones probably,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) Well, but at at any rate, uh, we have a huge number of reviews. And so people these days are looking things up on Google and, and, and they want to, they want to find somebody that they think, uh, can help them. And they often come via Google.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's probably still fear out there. I know there are People have a general fear of dentists, dental visits, dental intervention, um, periodontal care. I know back in the old days you used to cut the gum tissue out, and you're not even doing that anymore.
1: Rarely. I rarely, rarely cut the gum tissue. I'm not saying never, but that that would be, you know, most of the time I don't. I'll tell you when I do, when I'm doing cosmetic recontouring of the gum, when people have a gummy smile and they smile too okay. much of their gum tissue shows,
0: right.
1: we will recontour that tissue so that they have a nice smile and they're not embarrassed to smile.
0: So it's mostly all for cosmetic, but do you feel as though there still is? And I, I think it's very helpful that you have this YouTube channel um, with videos of absolutely everything you're doing. If anybody wants to go on your YouTube channel, they can see just about every procedure, right, Skylar? Absolutely, you, yeah. You're filming it all.
1: You can see pretty much everything. And, and by the way, I, I don't want to neglect situations where people have lost teeth. They come to me and they've already lost a number of teeth. Or there was a patient in yesterday and there was some teeth simply that were like if the patient sneezed, those patient, that tooth would come out. So sometimes these, there are situations where a tooth can't be saved in those situations we like to put on a dental implant or dental implants to replace those and my partner Dr. Catrangi, who I think is like like the god of dental implants and bone growth does those dental implants and, and dental implants are something that I think are really should when possible should always be done to replace a tooth that can't be saved or that's already missing
0: that was my next question to you for example if somebody has lost a tooth on the side of their face and they didn't do anything about it and a couple of years go by? Is it too late to do a dental implant? Usually I mean,
1: how... not. Usually I not. I can't say never, but most of the time, even if there's not enough bone, we can grow bone. We can add bone so that there then is enough bone to put an implant in. And very often there's enough bone without adding bone. So dental implants are almost always a viable option, even after several years.
0: And so if somebody has lost several teeth, about how long does the procedure take? How many weeks or days does it take to, to go from no tooth to having teeth again?
1: Well, an implant is put into the jaw, and it takes about three to six months for the jaw to attach to that implant. It's a metal post mm-hmm. uh, or a ceramic post that goes into the jaw. It takes three to six months for the bone to attach to that. Once the bone has attached to that, then a tooth can be put on the post uh, and that, then you have the implant and you have the tooth, and that so that may take a, a total of anywhere from three to six months s- s- to to occur. When the tooth is removed, sometimes the implant can be put in the same day that the tooth is removed. Sometimes there's so much bone loss that we have to wait for the bone to fill in where that tooth has been removed, and that can take two or three months. So sometimes. There's a two or three month waiting period before the the post or the implant can be put in, and then another three to five or six months for the bone to attach to the implant. So, the longest one might have to wait in in a typical situation, if the implant can't be put in right away, might be seven to ten months, something like that, to go from empty space to functional tooth and mostly these implants typically last a lifetime they're great
0: so what is the fear out there then of of pain is it still out there like people were always not going to their dentist because they were afraid of the pain we'll have to talk about that i guess we're going to a break right now um we'll come back and discuss this on the other side of the break in the meantime you are listening to the dr joseph nemeth radio show and we are talking about how the treatment of gum disease can prevent some of the major diseases of our time if you have a question, you can reach Dr. Nemoth by calling 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Don't miss this opportunity to call the doctor directly. And you are listening to the Dr. Nemoth Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to this special edition of the Dr. Nemeth radio show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight with Dr. Nemeth, board-certified periodontist in Southfield, Michigan. Dr. Nemeth is with us discussing his state-of-the-art clinic and the latest treatments in periodontic care and the relationship between gum disease and many of the systemic diseases from cardiac disease to the prevention of Alzheimer's. This is our final segment, So if you have a question for the doctor on the topic we're discussing tonight, please call us at 800-859-0957. And Siobhan, you have a caller for the doctor?
2: Yeah, so we have Michelle from Brighton on the line. Michelle, what's your question? Hi. I am wondering if hyperbaric oxygen therapy has any effect on killing the microbes that cause the gum disease?
1: You know, that's very interesting. And there is evidence that hyperbaric oxygen does that help destroy those organisms, because when those organisms are exposed to oxygen, these are anaerobic organisms, and they cannot live in the presence of oxygen. So if somehow that oxygen can penetrate through the tissues, it can help destroy those organisms. So it can be helpful, actually, yes.
2: Provided it actually can get to the, the microbes, if it can penetrate that deeply.
1: Well, we don't know, but we know there are special devices that are used to, ir- to, to get oxygen underneath the tissue to help kill those bacteria. So uh, uh, oxygen is used um, not, hy- not hyperbarically necessarily, uh, but in, in other contexts to try to eliminate those organisms.
0: It's an interesting question okay. about the hyperbaric oxygen chambers.
2: Um, I yeah, was, go I'm going to jump in. That. we have a question from the station. What does the um, what role does acid reflux play in gum disease, if any? Uh,
1: as far as I know, the main role is causing tooth destruction. Yeah. The acid in acid reflux actually dissolves the enamel yeah, of the teeth, and so the teeth become thin and brittle and break off more easily. And it can deface. Uh, the, the, the teeth cause, cause really uh, cosmetic problems, but I, as far as I know, it doesn't have any direct
0: relationship with periodontal or gum disease. Any other, do we have any, any other questions from Siobhan right now? Because otherwise, uh, yeah, go
2: we've ahead. Actually, got, we just got another one on the phone. So let's go now to John in Jersey City, New Jersey. John, what's your question?
3: Hi, yes, good evening. Just wanted to let you know i do follow the doctor on youtube uh, very interesting videos i had um, orthodontic work in my late 20s i'm in my mid 50s now and unfortunately i had some remaining black triangles in the bottom arch um, i clean my teeth religiously my dentists tell me that my teeth look wonderful and Everything is okay. But I'm particularly self-conscious about those black triangles. And I know that pinhole gum surgery procedure is quite expensive. And just want to get some feedback from the doctor, you know, how to go about uh, treating this problem.
1: Uh, we, I, I do a great deal of the of patients who have gum recession. I, I treat a great many of those patients. And, and, and some of them have these black triangles. Black triangles are areas where the bone has receded. There's been a lot of bone loss, bone destruction in those areas. And so those areas are very, very difficult to to eliminate and to fill. Why? Because when there's no bone, there's no blood supply to nourish the tissue that we bring up to cover the roots and to fill those black triangles. So we always tell the patients, you cannot count on those black triangles being filled. Sometimes we're fortunate, and they do get filled, but sometimes they don't get filled. So black triangles are, are, are a problem. They're, they're, they're something that we, we're, we're, we're always looking for ways that we can treat those, and there's no predictable way that I know of to eliminate black triangles uh, in, 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 in a, with a certainty. We can sometimes eliminate them or improve them, but that's variable and can't be really counted on most of the time.
3: And Dr. if you don't mind, I, I yeah, just have one ahead. final question. Why is it so difficult to regenerate gum tissue? Uh,
1: I, I don't know that it is difficult to regenerate gum tissue. I think that's what we do in the pinhole technique. We actually regenerate gum tissue, but we do have to have a blood supply in order to give us the nourishment that we need to regenerate the gum tissue. So when we do the pinhole technique or when we we're building up the gum tissue, we are sort of adding gum tissue and kind of growing gum tissue in areas where it hasn't been before. So, uh, But you do need a blood supply to nourish that tissue. And if there's been too much destruction uh, and too much bone loss, you can't have the blood supply that you might normally have. Or if you've had trauma or previous surgery, there may be scar tissue, and the scar tissue doesn't have the normal blood supply that we need, too. So there are complicating factors that can make it more difficult.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. Dr. Nemeth, before we close the end of the show, I just wanted to ask you, is there any uh, fear about coming into your office to see you because we're still dealing with COVID. We're still dealing with it. A lot of people are stuck in their houses. They're not going out. They're afraid to come in. How can you reassure the people that need to be seen and need to get on top of their oral health? Uh,
1: the local NBC television outlet here, WDIV, Dr. Uh, Frank McGeorge, uh, was recently in our office and was interviewing me and a number of other and some of our patients about what are we doing uh, to prevent or allay patients' fears about COVID. And we're doing pretty much everything possible. We have high-volume high, uh, uh, filters that we put right next to the patient's mouth when they're working on them, which removes any aerosols or any air that may have come out of the patient's mouth, and that's completely removed. Each, each uh, operatory or, or room has its own separate air filtration system. Everybody's wearing masks. All of our clinical staff has been vaccinated, and and we, we quite frankly we have never had, and I don't, I certainly don't know of any. I believe we've never had a, a case of COVID that's that's uh, that our office has been responsible. I'm talking about never. We take ultra ultra precautions to minimize that, and it's just not a problem. Patients may be concerned, but they have really no reason to be concerned. There's more concern about not going to the dental office because of the damage that can occur because they're undiagnosed or their gum disease isn't being treated, and that's much more damaging than... uh, the chance of them getting COVID from coming to the dental office.
0: That's good that you're giving that kind of reassurance because I think a lot of people are certainly worried about it. Siobhan, did you have a question?
2: We we did have a caller come in, but I don't know if we have enough time. Do you think we have enough time to Go take ahead, another? Let's call? try it. Sure. Okay. No, one minute. Right. We have Shane from Detroit on the line. Shane, if you could ask your question quickly, we're coming to the end of the show. Hi, Doc. How are you? I'm great. What's your
3: question? Hey, good. Shane? I know you've talked about how um, the. Um, the alcohol in mouthwash can kill the good and bad bacteria. What are your thoughts on the hydrogen peroxide as a daily use, as a rinse for the like daily, you know, like routine? Is, you know, is it a good or bad thing, like long term?
1: I think hydrogen peroxide periodically is fine. I think if it's used on a daily basis, it, I've actually seen it where it can cause an overgrowth of 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 certain fungi and and. I've seen patients that have what's called, it sounds disgusting, black, hairy tongue because they've been using hydrogen peroxide every day. And and in some of these cases, it causes an overgrowth of of fungi that can actually, you know, kind of be disfiguring. I don't know that it's dangerous, but it certainly is not something that we, we find desirable. So occasionally hydrogen peroxide is okay or low doses, but I, I'd be reluctant to use it every day as a standard.
0: Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Dr. Joseph Nemeth Show on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by the North American Society of Periodontists. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Nemeth for talking to us this evening about taking charge of our health, being proactive, and avoiding the devastating diseases of our time. To take a closer look at his practice, please go to YouTube and search Dr. Nemeth to see his videos on his state of the art treatment modalities. To learn more about Dr. Nemeth's periodontal practice, you can reach him directly at 248 357 3100. That's 248 357 3100, or by visiting him on the web at drnemeth.com. Again, that's drnemeth.com. We hope you've enjoyed the special show and that you become more informed about periodontal disease and its impact upon the major diseases of our time. Thank you for listening.